Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Spezza moves in and scores! Jason Spezza hat trick! Boy, oh boy, what a game. That was outstanding. Jason Spezza turning back the clocks, getting a hat trick today. It's 2021, but Jason Spezza still out there getting it done. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider Consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating and a review as well. So the Leafs defeat the Vancouver Canucks 7-3, move to 8-2-1 on the year, take sole possession of the top spot in the division as well after the Habs falling to the Senators 3-2. Didn't see that one coming, but here we are. I also didn't see Spezza having a hat trick tonight. There's a couple of things that just don't seem right about today, but... The world is in a weird place right now, so weird things are happening. But what's not weird is having my main man, Tony Ferrari, join me for the post-game show. Tony, how are you? I'm good, man. That was a great game. It's fun to watch if you're a Leafs fan and tough to watch if you're a Canucks fan. So I know I know you and I are, are guys that kind of root for both teams a little bit. So it was, it was a little bit bittersweet, but man, that Leafs win, that, that was pretty sweet. Oh, was it ever? Like, I, watching... Just like Jason Spezza clearly is the the story of tonight, but just the way that the Leafs just controlled the entire game right from the drop of the puck all the way through. Like when when you hear sixty minute efforts and, and a full sixty minute, like you assume okay. When you really say that, usually you get about fifty five minutes of control. Now I'm pretty sure in this game the Leafs had control for sixty whole minutes. Yeah, it was one of those games. Like, I'm, I'm up on Natural Stat Trick right now, and, and they have their chart, the game flow chart, and there wasn't one moment where it crossed over to, to the Canuck side. And you look at the, the just the team chorusy percentage for throughout the three periods, and the Leafs at 68, 55, 68. Like, they just completely dominated the game from start to finish, like you said. You want to know the even more crazy thing about that? Individually, not a single player on the Leafs had a negative chorusy percentage. Oh, feels good. Feels no, good. That's like I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You're, you're somebody who digs more into the analytics and kind of, you know, does that a, a little bit more than me. Does more research. I don't think I've ever actually pulled up Natural Stat Trick or pulled up any analytics site and seen that where every single player who played on that team ended up with a positive shot share on the night. Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy like Zach Hyman. He was the worst on the team with 52% Corsi, and his, his Corsi rel at 52% was negative <laughs> like, 14. Like, what? That alone just shows how ridiculous this performance by the Leafs were. It, it was really a, just a complete game from everybody. Oh, it was fantastic. It was. It's good to watch, man. And it's you know what's also nice? It's nice to see the Leafs dominate a game just because they haven't dominated anything yet this year. They've been a very tight game so far. And to see them tonight pull away, dominate a full 60-minute effort, it was just good to see them win in another way, something that we hadn't seen all season. Yeah, it really was because it was one of those things where you kind of went into this game and, and I know there's a bit of talk on Twitter whether or not it was a trap game and you kind of had a feeling it was going to go one of two ways. Either the, it was going to be a tight game that the Leafs probably end up losing because some mistake or something that they've been rusty from be- being off for four days for the first time this season or they were going to come out 
fresh legs and just dominate. And, and that's what we saw. It was, it was domination from start to finish. And clearly uh, we will do our three stars of the game a little bit later tonight. Uh, you know, Spoiler alert, Spets is my number one star, and he very well should be yours as well. But, man, this guy's night today was fantastic. Getting a hat trick, his first since April 9th, 2016, did against the Nashville Predators. And the thing that I find interesting about it is he did it in, in many different ways, right? His first one, a clapper on the power play. The second one, a wrister that he shoots uh, up over the shoulder off the rush. And then the third one, just beating Edler and making a power move to the net. Like, it was just a spectacular night all around for Jason Spezza it really was and that was the thing I noticed is he was doing it in so many different ways and and there were other chances he had where he was getting uh, shooting chances from other other areas of the ice and he was doing it all over the ice he had a few nice defensive plays as well I, I really think this this was one of those games where I tweeted out at the start of the game after his first goal I'm like oh calm down Jason Spezza it's not 2010 but <laughs> oh my goodness it feels like it after three goals from the guy yeah it, it was fantastic and you know, even like quietly, Austin Matthews, he had two goals tonight, but everyone wants to talk about Spezza. But Austin Matthews, two goals, seven shots. And what I find interesting about this team um, and, and the way that this game was played tonight, the fact that they didn't have to play their big boys and dominated the way they did. And, and that fourth line, like Spezza, like uh, uh, Travis Boyd, were, and Nick Patan even, were able to play, you know, a little bit more than maybe they planned on or intended on playing them just because they're in control but it really looks like the Leafs have found a fourth line here with with these with these guys yeah the fourth line like if Spets is getting the first star I feel like the other two guys got to get the third star combined or something like that because they, they really did come out and that fourth line was good tonight and they did get a little bit extra playing time than they normally would because I mean they had the time right like th- this game wasn't a game where you had to push your stars like you said and it was really good to see all three guys come out there, contribute. No one really looked out of place. I think that fourth line was maybe the best we've seen the fourth line look all year in any combination. Um, That second goal by Spezza, is it just me? Because I, when I was uh, listening to, to it, they didn't really mention like the quick little touch pass that Boyd made. Like, was that not caught by people or did that just go off of him into Spezza because I saw that I was like oh wow that's quite the nifty little play there by Boyd yeah I don't think many people noticed it I don't even think they mentioned it on the broadcast no. and I'll, I'll be honest like I didn't even notice that first either my wife was sitting there with me and she goes oh he tipped it and I'm like wait what so I, I rewound it and I'm like oh shoot like yeah it was a <laughs> nifty little play like that those little plays are going to make a big ma- impact on the coaching staff and, and that's going to get those guys in the lineup so like I said, this was the best the fourth lines looked. Yeah, and and I don't think you touch that lineup going into into the game on Saturday. Like that that fourth line, the way that they played tonight, both Boyd and Patan deserve to be in there. Um, so good on them for for kind of proving that they they deserve a chance and a shot to see what they can do. And they ran away with it. Uh, one of the other kind of storylines that was going into this game, coming off of you know the four days that they were they were rested, was. Uh, there's a lot of chatter about how this team wasn't really scoring at five on five. They're really relying on the power play. They did score a power play goal tonight, but that's just the norm, I guess, for Toronto on any given night. But exploding for six goals at five on five, including one from John Tavares, his first of the year. Tony, why was this such a, an important storyline all week long? And, and just explain to the folks here listening to the podcast why this is important to see. Well, I think the big thing is that 
anytime I know when I'm analyzing prospects and I'm analyzing players in general, I always look at five on five numbers because as much as power play production is important and, and a guy like Alexander Ovechkin can build a hall of fame career on it. That's not the norm. Like it, the power play isn't repeatable. The five on five scoring is repeatable. That's why a lot of people pump up Austin Matthews because he legitimately is still the best five on five goal scorer in, in the game right now. So the, the ability to score at five on five is so important because even if you get three penalties in a game, that's six minutes out of 60. So you got to play those other minutes at five on five and you got to be productive. And um, I think they mentioned on the broadcast today, the Vancouver Canucks have actually been pretty, pretty good on both special teams. So it's not an issue for them there, but at five on five, they've been filled in and we watched that again tonight. And in as much as I'd like to fully give the credit to Toronto, I think there, there was just some really, really bad defensive play. And we've seen that all year from Vancouver. Yeah, they've they've had an issue with giving up odd man rushes. They've been terrible in the transition game, and that's where we saw a lot of these goals come from, right? Uh, Austin Matthews came in on a breakaway. The couple of the, you know, Spets's hat trick goal, essentially a one-on-one breakaway that he was able to to get himself after passing Edler. The second goal even for him was uh, was off of a, a three-on-two odd man rush. I, I think that certainly as, as well as the Leafs played, the Canucks just looked absolutely horrible for, for this one. And they've got to clean a lot of things up going into Saturday night's game. Yeah, they really do. Like the Vancouver Canucks have a lot of good pieces, but they they lost some of those periphery pieces that really kind of put the team together last year. And and now they're at a stage where they're trying to rely too much on those stars because of some of the cap issues. And it, it's just not working because some of those pieces like uh, in the bottom six and on the bottom pairings and stuff are just just not working for them. Um, Overall, super strong game out of the Maple Leafs. Uh, was there a couple other things that stuck out to you in tonight's game, though? I think TJ Brody, again, just showed how valuable he is because there there is a couple times where Morgan Riley started getting feeling himself and he was doing a little bit with the puck and he's moving up the ice and he's trying to make plays and doing what Morgan Riley does best. And you love to see that. But the fact that TJ Brody is just so responsible defensively and like the one play he made where he was able to he went down to block the pass, but <laughs> swung a stick behind him to block the pass to the slot. Like just those little plays like that, those veteran moves that TJ Brody is, is just known for in his defensive acumen. Like he really stuck out to me. And I mean, I got to give credit to Nick Batan, the guy. He, he was maligned going into the game. I think a lot of people were concerned that he was in the lineup and even I questioned it a little bit. But I love to see him play good, play as good as he did. He, he had a good game and like he only played a, a, 11 minutes 12 minutes but it it was a good 11 minutes 12 minutes like like you said you look at that fourth line you go we can't break them up because like patan was good everyone was good on that line definitely i i think you got to roll with it going into saturday um a guy that people kind of had their eyes on going into tonight was wayne simmons he did uh move up the lineup and get a chance to play with uh with john Tavares and william nylander uh, he finished the night with 14 minutes of of ice time uh your thoughts on wayne simmons night and obviously we'll 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 talk about the fight in just a moment but overall his play tonight uh along with those guys do you think that he'll get another another run with these guys or what, what were your thoughts there tonight you know, I think Wayne Simmons knew what his role was, and he, he did it. He 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 wasn't going to go and try to be the guy that's going to be created on that line. He he really seemed to embrace the the workmanlike role that I mean, and that's what Wayne Simmons is. He's always been that guy, even when he was scoring thirty goals, he was still that player. So I, I think Wayne Simmons is a good fit stylistically with those guys. Um, maybe it doesn't work long term, but the way he's playing right now, you leave him up there till he's hot, especially because there's no one really stealing that position right now. 
Um, you've seen Jimmy VC kind of have up and down game the last few games. And in tonight specifically, I wasn't a huge fan of him. So it, it wasn't like uh, he's not a guy I'm really like dying and banging the table to get back on that line. So if Wayne Simmons is going to continue, I mean, getting 70% shot share and everything like that, you, you got to stick with him up there. Oh, for sure. And it, it kind of also makes you think back to like, ah, oh, if only Jumbo and, and Nick Robertson weren't hurt, uh, you yep. know, like those are guys who you think would fit more so in the top six of this team than a guy like him. But I mean, he's actually outplayed perform like outplayed the way I thought that he would this year. And I thought he earned a shot on the second line and he wasn't overly flashy tonight, but I, I, as long as he's not making mistakes, I think that, uh, and that they're, contributing and they're producing and scoring like they did tonight. I think that he'll certainly, you know, get get a couple more looks and see what he could do here. But uh, you know, the obviously the big storyline here when it came to Wayne Simmons tonight was that fight. And oh man, I, I tweet out stick taps to to both of those guys. Jordy Ben, although he took the L and I think everyone can can yeah. say that. I mean he he hung in there. He got fed early in that fight. So credit to him for hanging in there, but holy moly, don't mess with Wayne Simmons. Yeah, it was one of those fights where, and I've mentioned before, I'm not the big fight guy, but it was one of those fights where we seen it earlier in the year, and I think it was last time I was on, actually. Wayne Simmons uh, uh, kind of requested a fight later in a game to kind of pump the team up, and it inspired them to, and it kind of drove them to a win. And, and this was one of those ones where I think Jordy Ben was going, you know what, like, we're not coming back in this game. That's not happening, obviously, but, like, we got to make sure we're standing up for ourselves. And Wayne Simmons credit to him. He did what veterans do and guys that are in his position do. And he took the fight and he did a good job. And like you said, he, he kind of fed him a bit and, and Jordy Ben didn't look like he was the most comfortable guy in a fight, but uh, Wayne Simmons is a pro. And I mean, you've seen him up there using his elbow to block shots and like <laughs> he's just a pro's pro. Yeah. I, 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 man, just stick taps to both of those guys. That was, yeah. that was a good fight. Cause I mean, most of the fights that we've seen so far this year, it's like more of just a dust up where you, you wrestle each other to the ground or you maybe get one punch in and then the refs are in there breaking it up right away. That was a solid, like, 40-second fight, you know, and a lot of blows were were landed. Early it was Simmons landing a majority of them, but then even Ben hung in there and got a couple uh, towards the end. But you're right. I think that was more so, uh, you know, Jordy Ben. Although there there was a hit on, on I think it was Quinn Hughes just before that, yeah. so maybe it was a response to that. But also just kind of, a, okay, well, we're getting absolutely crushed right now. Uh, let's maybe just do this and maybe it'll give us a little bit more spunk and confidence going into Saturday's game. Uh, I don't know. That that might be like the only uh, thing that I can think of for, for the other reason as to why he would have challenged Simmons to that fight. Cause yeah, he, below uh, he, he was punching above his weight class with Simmons. That's for sure. Um, the one other thing that I think we should talk about tonight and uh, which actually makes tonight's performance even more uh, amazing is the fact that they did it with a short bench. You know, the Leafs lost Travis Dermott just played uh, just like over a minute into, into the game for him and ended up leaving with, uh, with a lower body injury. But it, you didn't really even notice, right? Like a short bench and still go out there and dominate the way that they did. Yeah, it was really impressive by the the defensive core. And like I said, you look at guys like Riley and and, and TJ Brody, and their minutes are up where they normally are in, in a game like this. In in a game like this, you'd expect them to be down, but with Dermot out, they had to kind of pick up the slack. And I mean, credit to them; they didn't have a whole lot of work. The, it's not like Vancouver was 
pressing and, and really no. driving offensive play at all. So it, it was a good night to have five defensemen, and but uh, it really sucks to see Travis Dermott go down. If he's out long term, is it Sandine season for a little bit here in Toronto? For me, it is like a hundred percent. Miko Lettinen, he, he's been up and down. He looks comfortable in the offensive zone, but he looks completely out of his element in the defensive zone. And I, I don't think that the Leafs can really afford to keep that going if, if on a consistent basis. If it's more than a game, or if it's a game or two, maybe you get Miko Lettinen in there to be comfortable. Um, especially against the Canucks who aren't really firing at all cylinders right now. And you know, they're better than they are, but they're not really playing to their capabilities. So maybe he can get comfortable in those games. But if it's more than a game game, two games, I'm going with Sandine because the kid's been waiting patiently that he's been ready. He's he's, I I think he's one of the best six defensemen the Leafs have. And and I think he should be in the lineup on a regular basis. And maybe this is his moment to kind of get in there and, and push someone out. All right, let's take a quick break and have a word here from our sponsors. And then when we come back, let's do our three stars of the game. I know we're all big hockey fans here at the Locked On Lease podcast, but what about football? You guys ready? You got college football heading into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season finishing up with the playoff picture becoming a little clearer, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. That's a promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. You toss 50 bucks into your account, you get 75. That's how it works using the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and to choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock. Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write Locked On on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano here. Alongside me, we've got Tony Ferrari from Dauber Prospects. And actually, I was so excited to just get this game underway. Totally forgot to even congratulate you here on the pod about uh, about your, your promotion over at Dauber. Congrats, man. Thank you, thank you. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, Cam was... Uh, a great leader for that that website for a long time, and I'm happy to be taking over as managing editor. But uh, it's it, it's going to be fun. I've got some stuff planned, so uh, definitely watch out for any prospect and draft coverage. Well, as long as you can still carve out a little bit of time for us, I'm uh, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I would never abandon you, Mikey. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, let's get to the three stars for tonight's game. And I mean, you could. 
there's a whole bunch of them, I think. Like, the, the, there was not many guys who you could say didn't play well tonight. Um, I, I, To be honest, I think maybe the worst player out there on the ice was probably Freddie Anderson. I mean, we didn't really talk about him much uh, in the last segment, but I think Anderson was, was a little bit shaky tonight, which was a concern that we both did have coming into this game. You know, he was on a roll going, coming out of the West Coast swing, and then it took four days off, and that was kind of our one big concern going into tonight, and he looked a little shaky, I thought. Yeah, the Canucks didn't really press too much offensively and he it almost seemed like one of those games where even even freddie anderson almost seemed like he knew it was out of hand pretty early on and i don't know if it was just not needing to focus or, or what it was but he he didn't look super crisp but i mean if, if he's gonna have a bad game and only let him three goals I'm, I'm gonna give him the pass on that one but uh i'll definitely be looking for him to be a little bit more crisp on saturday yeah all right, let's get to the three stars, though. Uh, let's start off with your third star of the game. Oh, my third star of the game. You know what? I'm, I think I'm going to give it to John Tavares. And, and he isn't necessarily the guy that pops out right away, but he scored his first even-strength goal of the year tonight. And he was driving play. He, he had, I think he led the Leafs, if I'm not mistaken, in, in shot share. Yeah, he led the Leafs at 76% shot share. He was absolutely dominant when he was on the ice. And, it was a really good performance by the captain, an understated performance, not one that he necessarily announces his, his arrival or anything on the season, but it, it was a good performance by the captain. I had like four or five guys that I was trying to decide who I want to give my third star to, and then the fight happened. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I got to give Wayne Simmons the third star that I for that big W on the on the fight. So, you know, he was there, but also like William Nylander is somebody who I really want to give this third star. So Wayne Simmons, my honorable mention, but Nylander, I felt had uh, had a really good game. You know, I felt that he was seeing the ice really well tonight. Kind of his engine was revving throughout the entire game. He was finding guys open in good spots. He ended up with a couple, uh, what, three assists on the night, I think, uh, two of which being primary assists. So, you know, getting guys open and 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 finding them was was a, a really good thing to see out of Nylander tonight. Almost scored a goal himself too. So Nylander was one of those guys tonight who uh, kind of popped off the page a little bit to me tonight. So he gets my third star. Who gets your second star? Uh, I'm going to give it to Mitch Marner because I, I have a feeling his, his partner in crime is going to get your second star. So I, I got to recognize Mitch Marner because boy, oh boy, is he fun tonight. He's been, He's been going. He had he had a giveaway and, and led to a goal. And, and Mitch Marner giveth and Mitch Marner taketh. But as we can see tonight, he generally giveth more than he taketh. So I think Mitch Marner deserves a lot of credit because he's had a he's had a fantastic season to this point. You don't know me as well as you think you know me because I also <laughs> had Mitch Marner as the second star tonight. I thought he was he was terrific as well for basically much of the exact same things that you just said. Um, he's been great all year long. Like I think uh, there was there was a lot of pressure on him coming into the year. Like he's somebody who took a lot of heat for his performance in the playoffs and deservedly so when you don't score in the playoffs that's that's going to be an issue when you're making uh, almost 11 million dollars but he's really silenced his critics this year and I thought that tonight um, was was you know just as as dominant as a game as he's played all season long so uh, I had him in my as as the second star as well and uh, I assume you had Jason Spezza as your first star yeah I really don't think there's any other way to go because he (laughs) just had such a good game yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, when he goes out there and gets a hat trick in the year 2021, 
you have to give him the first star. But not only the fact that it's not like he got lucky, right? Like he actually played really well. And, and you know, I spoke about it earlier in the podcast, but the different ways that he was able to score. Like he didn't just luck out and, and, and you know, bang out a couple of rebounds, get some garbage goals. All three of those goals were were nice goals. Like maybe the second one where he beat Demko up high. Maybe Demko probably should have had that one. But the other ones, like those, those were great plays. And and Jason Spezza really turned back the clock tonight. He was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, for him to be able to put three goals on the board with with only twelve minutes of ice time, it was really impressive to see him just go out there and and pull out a vintage Spezza. Like I said, it, it was like go, turning back the clock to twenty ten, and it was really fun to watch. What do you think is more crazy? Jason Spezza at, what is he, 37, 38 years old? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Yeah, ish. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> Late 30s, Jason Spezza scoring a hat trick in just over 12 minutes of ice time or what Fred Van Vliet was able to do in just 23 shots, putting up a franchise record 54 points for the Raptors. Which one was more impressive for you? Or which uh, one surprises you most, I guess? The one that surprises me most is Jason Spezza, but I think the more impressive one is Fred Van Vliet because 50 yeah. points and, and 54 points, just so good. Like, And, and Freddie Van Vliet, like, this is going to go on a little Raptors tangent here, but Freddie Van Vliet bet on himself, and you love to see him see him win that bet, and he got the contract, and I'm, I'm super happy for him. And, I mean, this isn't locked on Raptors, but, oh, boy, I could analyze those Raptors games all day, and <laughs> I, I wish they were doing a little bit better than they are, but, man, Freddie Van Vliet's been fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think that they'll turn it around. I, I really do. I think that's a talented squad. I think in general, there's a really bright future here in the city of Toronto for Toronto sports. You know, the Maple Leafs got a bright future. They're clicking on all uh, all cylinders right now. They're playing fantastic hockey back out in front, uh, top of the leaderboards in the Canadian division. You know, you think about uh, the Raptors coming off of a stand, uh, 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 championship run a couple of years ago and potentially, I think, still are in the mix to be a solid playoff team, a, a good team at the very least. And then you got the up-and-coming Toronto Blue Jays. It's It's a good time to be a Toronto sports fan, that's for sure. It really is. And in the city of Toronto has been, let's be honest, they've been, they've had some bad times for a while yeah. and, and it's nice to see all these teams kind of come together all at the same time. And, and you're watching the young stars all kind of come up and it, it's a really fun time to be a Toronto fan. No disrespect to the Argos and TFC who have, I guess, had championships in the past <laughs> decade, a couple at that, but you know, for the big guns here in the city, it's nice. Uh, it's nice to see them winning. The thing that sucks is that nobody can, you know, go to the building. Like, could you imagine if there were people in the building tonight? If Jason Spezza, you know, when he scored that hat trick, the elation and the the ruckus that that crowd would have made tonight. Uh, it would have been just so wild, and, and it really would have been a really special moment for Jason Spets, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure it was a special moment at anyways, home at that, but... right? Like, he's a local kid to score it at home in front of his family and friends. It would have been incredible. Yeah, it, it would have been so fun to watch. And, I mean, j- just Jason Spets, he's just a wholesome guy. Like, I know like, if you haven't heard Jason Spets a laugh, just Google Jason Spets a laugh because – <laughs> oh man, it, the dude is just so wholesome. Like you feel so good about him getting a hat trick. Well, you know that I need to go and find that so that we can play that right now. And oh, would you look at that? I may or may not somewhat have that queued up. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's my favorite thing. I like. Oh man, after he scored the hat trick, I think I watched that video like three times.
I gotta tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you wanna check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. So the Leafs and Canucks will get back at it Saturday night, hockey night in Canada, and the Canucks certainly will need to be a lot better in order to uh, to get a different result, but Man, I don't know. They don't. They don't look so well. And before we do uh, sign off here quickly, I just want to get your thoughts on this because it's it's not going well for for Benning and, and Travis Green out in Vancouver. You think they're on the hot seat already? I, I really do. I think Benning specifically. I think Travis Green's a good coach. I, I no no ill will towards him, but man. Benning has put them in a pickle with some of the, the cap decisions he's made. And I mean, the one that keeps biting them in the butt this year is the Tyler Toffoli one. Cause they didn't have to qualify Jake for Tannen and, and you could have easily just let him walk and, and resign Tyler Toffoli for, for the, almost the same number. And, and they didn't, and they chose to let Tyler Toffoli walk. And, and now he's lead, he, at the time he scored his last goal against the Canucks, he was leading the league in goals <laughs> and it was almost exclusively against his former team. So man, it's, that's the one that sticks out, but there's so many like little ill-advised decisions that Benning's made that really just put them in cap hell. Well, Markstrom, you know, uh, I yep. think they're they're understanding how important Markstrom was for that team. You know, that guy was the MVP of the Canucks for for the past few seasons, and and now they're realizing, oh snap, he made a lot of key saves for us that just aren't being made right now with Demko and uh, and Braden Holpe. So. Oh, who knows? They they've they've got to turn things around if if Benning and and maybe even Travis Green want to to stick around in Vancouver long term to to see what this young group can do because I think they have done a decent job building a young group. They just at the bottom of that lineup, a they didn't look good tonight and they are aging and expensive and that's the biggest issue. And when I take a look at you know the way that Kyle Dubas has built the hit this team in Toronto and how Benning built his team out in Vancouver, look at the disparity and look how much less Dubas paid for a bottom six. And some of that is based out of the way that he was forced to because his top six is making so much more money. But look at how much less they're paying and how much more production they're getting. Well, I think that's the big thing. And like you said, the, the Leafs were forced into that situation and in the Canucks will be because they're, they're going to have to pay Pedersen. They're going to have to pay Quinn Hughes. Like these guys are coming up and, and they're going to get those guys at the top end contracts and, and then they're going to go, okay, now we have to move these guys out. And, and I think there's been a lot of people kind of complaining about the Leafs constantly shuffling that fourth line and constantly shuffling guys in and out. And I mean, it feels like we've had a hundred different guys play through the Leafs forward core. And, and it's one of those things where you almost got to look at 
the uh, the opposite of that. You look at the Canucks right now and go, oh man, I'd rather be switching in five six guys on the fourth line than dealing with Jay Beagle and in Louis Erickson costing a million dollar or a billion dollars it seems <laughs> on that back end. I was gonna say a million, but I think they cost about seven of them each almost. Chilling on the practice squad at that. Not even oh. not even getting into games. Practice squad. Sven Berchi, practice squad. Those two alone are making nearly ten million dollars between the two, and they're not even on the team. They, uh, yeah, they they got themselves in some tricky situations, which made them have to, unfortunately, uh, let guys like Toffoli, Tanev, and Marsham walk. Um, and I think when I look at that, and now I, I just take a look at what Dubis has been able to do in Toronto, he was handcuffed with having to give you know his big boys the contracts, and uh, but still was able to find some cheap depth and 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 they're giving him production so i think it just goes to show how good of a job actually kyle dubas is is doing right now in toronto obviously it's it's only what game 11 of a 56 game season but so far you know i i toronto have been a, a team that's four lines deep and surprisingly you know three quality defensive pairings as well yeah i mean i i think the perfect way to look at it is this Canucks just had a guy that's making near league minimum score hat trick against them while they currently have 12, $15 million on their, on their taxi squad. Oh and man. It, it, it's, and then you look at the rest of the other contributors. Like we talked about Wayne Simmons tonight. He's making nothing. Like we talk, look at all these guys throughout the lineup and Zach Bogosian, he, he's been solid. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been fantastic every night, but he's playing a solid game and he's costing nothing. And in, the, the Leafs did a good job of identifying guys that can fill those roles and fill the spots and, and fill the gaps. And, and the Canucks tried to fill the gaps with, with guys that were going to be aging out of that, that window as their stars were aging into it. And, and it's really starting to, to crunch their cap. And like I said, it's much more convenient to be able to shuffle six guys through your fourth line than worry about having a fourth line quality guy on your team at all. Yeah, well, you're definitely not wrong about that, Tony. Uh, Guys, have a great weekend. Part two of this series will go down Saturday night, but that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. And make sure you go ahead and follow Tony at the Tony Ferrari on Twitter. Tony, what do you got coming up? Uh, let you plug anything you want here. Uh, we've got some draft rankings out on the website right now. We did a top 15 round table just to show how wide this kind of 2021 draft is and how diverse the top of the draft is. And there's no surefire number one, but the other thing is actually something that relates to what Drager was talking about on the panel today. And that's the draft moving back to 2022. And, uh, myself and Will Scout from Scouching, we did a podcast recently and you can check that out where we examined kind of a, a weird little thought pro- thought project we had where, Instead of delaying the draft, have the draft and, and come up with something creative. Do an NHL draft tournament where you're inviting guys and kind of combining the NFL draft combine and the NWHL tournament that we just saw go down. Kind of combine them into two, into one big marquee event for this year for the NHL draft to get good scouting views on guys. So check that out. Uh, there's been a lot of good feedback on that. So I, I'd love to hear more of it and, and any other ideas because it's a fun little thought experiment. It's kind of like a junior all-star game, kind of like uh, Team Cherry versus Team Orr back in the day. But all yeah, the prospects. Yeah, someone mentioned that today actually when I was talking to them about it when after they'd watch they'd listen to the podcast. And I was like, Yeah, it'd be the team cherry versus team or event, but on steroids. Like 
10, 10 <laughs> games, four teams. Uh, you have the skills competitions. Instead of doing the combine where you're watching Sam Bennett struggle to do one push-up, get on ice and do some drills. Do a 40-yard dash on the ice. <laughs> Televise it. Sell it like the NFL combine, man. Get some hype in there. Get some sponsors and make some money for the NHL while giving all the teams a chance to scout some of the prospects they didn't really get a chance to this year. And evidently, not being able to do a push-up apparently matters because he's not <laughs> having the the best uh, career so far and actually has requested to to get out of Calgary. But that will be a conversation for another day. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode on Monday, folks. we got another game coming up on Saturday. The Leafs once again hosting the Canucks. They'll go for another beatdown on Vancouver. Tony, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Folks, have a good weekend. We'll check you in again on Monday. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.